popsyndicate.com. Your one stop for all your unhealthy obsessions. Breaking news and in-depth reviews on all of your favorite movies, music, TV shows, podcasts, comics, books. Popsyndicate.com. This is Thumbs of Fury with Mark, Dave and Dustin, three brave men who dare to punch pop culture right where it hurts, the fallopian tubes. Today the thumbs sting the crap out of Jerry Seinfeld's B-movie, discover a rotten Appleseed X Machina, and then blow up Stargate, Ark of Truth. Are you ready? It's fun time. And welcome back to the Mighty Thumbs of Fury. And pop culture hurts in a lot of different places on the human body. <laughs> it really does. Uh, we well, take, it's not we, really the pop culture hurts, it's the thumbs that hurt. We take uh, no mercy. We deliver the hurt with our phalanges. Thumb foo. That's right. That which separates us from the, every other animal on the planet. Exactly. Aside from the monkey. Exactly. The suppose. The pose. Mm-hmm. So welcome back. I am Mark. Got Dustin running the board. The very, very simplified board this week. And <laughs> well, it's not very complex on this ever. <clears throat> and Dave, uh, well, being a little restless over there in the corner. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, if you're ready to go, let's uh, let's just get right into it. Our first movie is Jerry Seinfeld's B movie. Awesome. Can we have a, a, a boo drop? Well, I think we're going to play the trailer first. <laughs> Welcome to Honex. You won't ever work anywhere or do anything else ever again. So you'll just work us to death? We'll try. <laughs> I'm going out. Out? Out where? Outside the hive. <laughs> Hold it. Flight deck's restricted. It's okay, Lou. We're going to take him up. Let's move it out. Look at all this room! Box cut! Flowers! Hey, get out there! You know, I don't think these are flowers. Should we tell him? I think he knows. Hi! I'm so sorry. How did you learn to do the talking thing? I don't know. Mama, Dada, honey, you pick it up. Keep still! You're not dead? I'm going to Alaska. I'm going to Tacoma. What about you? He really is dead. All right. Jerry Seinfeld, Renee Zellweger. TiVo. You can just freeze live TV? That's insane. What, you don't have anything like that? We have HiVo, but it's a disease. It's a horrible, horrible disease. DreamWorks B-Movie. Ow! What was that? <coughs> Maybe this time. 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 
And that's B-Movie. And don't worry, you don't have all those weird clicks in the background in the actual movie. No, surprisingly no. That is not the metronome in the movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, Dustin wants to punch me in the face right now. <laughs> Do it. I'm not even paying attention. Oh, that's good too. Cool. Uh, B-Movie is the story of Barry B. Benson, who is um, a bee, a honeybee, really? to be exact. He is. I would never have guessed. And have you seen this movie? I have. I watched it today. Ah, okay. uh, and Renee Zellweger stars as his humanoid girlfriend, Vanessa Bloom. Um, basically, the premise of the movie, which I was not expecting, I really didn't... I thought this movie was basically going to be about he becomes a pollen pilot. And it was completely different than what I expected. But the trailers kind of lead you awry. Uh, it's basically about... He discovers in the outside world that honey is being eaten by humans and used by humans, and he gets offended, sues the human race, and all the effects from that. Um, as expected, there are a lot of bee puns. Um, oh, of course. Anywhere you can fit in the word bee or some reference to a bee, it's uh, shoved in there. Uh, and anyways, that's pretty much all you need to know. Well, and it's animated. It. Uh, it's from DreamWorks. Um, who also did uh, was it Monsters Inc. They did no, it was Pixar, wasn't it? Yes, it I was. Screw me. Uh, so it's from DreamWorks, not Pixar. Um, all right. So uh, Dustin, what did you think of B movie? Uh, I thought I had some funny parts. I thought I had some stupid parts. It was overall, I th- would think it's an it's an all right movie, but it could have been better. Some of the stuff with the suing the human race got a little ridiculous. Uh, but before that, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty decent movie, and I thought it ended okay. It just the the main plot point of suing the human race I thought was just kind of I don't know I don't know how to explain it. I just thought it was kind of <laughs> stupid. Um, I thought it had some some parts that made me laugh. Uh, it wasn't the best by far that Seinfeld's ever done. No, but um, it was it was all right. It was an okay movie. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Dave, I thought. Wait, wait! I have to call on you first, Dave. I thought um, I didn't like it overall. I thought that I didn't really like the animation style that much. I didn't think they put enough detail into stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a little kind of. It looked. I know that it probably wasn't, but it looked kind of like they just did it real quick. Like yeah. it, it wasn't as expensive. They didn't spend as much time doing the rendering and stuff. Which is interesting because um, I don't know if you watch the special features, but they talk about that how they've actually got more computing power now, obviously, than they've ever had, and so they're able to go a lot faster. I just, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't like the the in animation. I didn't like. Um, I I thought Larry King was funny. Right. I thought that was a funny part. I thought Larry King. Ray Liotta was funny. Yeah. to have him on there. I thought the part where he tries to fly through the window a million times was funny. Yeah, but that had been on the trailer a million um, times. I really, mean it's not funny really didn't like Jerry Seinfeld as a voice. I thought he had a terrible animation voice. He was Jerry it didn't Seinfeld. sound to me like he was really getting into the character. It sounded like he was just reading the script. Which is funny since didn't he co-write it? <laughs> you yeah. think yeah, he'd, be, it just you think he'd like, be more into it? It just sounded like he wasn't like really committing like... You know how you see some of the people in studio when they're doing the animated voice and they're like acting the whole scene out, getting really into it? And he very may well have been. But to me, it didn't come across. It came across as he sounded too much like Jerry Seinfeld reading a script. I just, I overall, I didn't like it at all. Really? It had a few funny parts, but in general, I could have lived without it. Oh, Dustin, what was your, um, well, we'll ask you in a minute. Um, 
Okay. You know, that may have been, again, in the special, special features, they talk about how DreamWorks, um, Jerry said he would not do the movie if he couldn't do it in New York, and DreamWorks is based out of L.A., so DreamWorks built him a studio in his house. <laughs> So he could be close to his family. So maybe he was sitting the whole time. Must be nice to be Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Like he couldn't afford it himself. You can make those kind of demands. Um, personally, um, I, I heard something the other day just randomly where he built his own parking garage. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. It may have been on the ticket. Yeah. And he has like 57 yeah, cars. Yeah. Or just, yeah. you know, I need some parking space. I want to build my own parking yeah. garage. Well, when you're that loaded, you can do that kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and then in the middle of Manhattan, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I'm like Dustin. Uh, somewhere in the middle. It was not spectacular. It was definitely one of the more underwhelming kids' films uh, that I've seen in some time. Of that hybrid of um, kiddish and adult humor shoved in very subtly where it can be. Um, I mean, not. I would compare it to like Shrek 3. Shrek 3 I was very disappointed by. Actually, I think I may, I may like it better than Shrek 3, but... Um, I thought it was a little better in Shrek, in Shrek 3, actually. Yeah, hopefully. But way worse than the other two. I, but hated, it, I hated Shrek 3. It had its right. moments. Uh, I thought John Goodman and Patrick Warburton. Uh, John Goodman plays the uh, the lawyer for all the honey companies when they're suing the human race. And uh, Patrick Warburton plays Ken, who is uh, Vanessa's boyfriend. I thought they were both great. Now, Patrick Warburton does his usual thing that he does on Family yeah. Guy and The Tick and all that. But now, I can understand. I can see where Dave came from with uh, Jerry Seinfeld maybe not being fully committed. But I thought everybody else was all right. Everybody else who voiced it did a pretty good job. You, Matthew Broderick was good. I, I, I didn't even know that was I just I, I, liked most, I, I liked most of the voices overall. Yeah. I, didn't, I just didn't necessarily like the storyline or the animation or Jerry Seinfeld. So even though the rest of it was okay overall, it yeah, didn't yeah. appeal to me. I like the storyline um, just from the angle of it didn't go where I expected it to, um, but it doesn't mean I loved it. It was decent. It was entertaining. It uh, kept me entertained for an hour and a half, and that's it's not something I ever need to see again. It's not like Monsters, Inc. or The Incredibles or Toy Story. Or- it's not near as good as The Incredibles. Yeah. That was one of the better <laughs> animation movies I've seen. I completely in agree. Um, that's one of the few animation movies I've seen multiple times. Yeah. It's it doesn't it doesn't hold up to those and uh it was just average. I mean, you know what I was really surprised by though was how dark and adult it was at times. I mean, the interspecies relationships when you get a human and a bee, first of all, vaguely sexual. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point they're talking about when all the the plants in the world are dying because none of the bees are pollinating. doing the pollinating thing. They're like, "Well, what do we do now?" And Jerry the bee says, what about a suicide pact? And I was like, wow. <laughs> suicide in a PG movie that is obviously targeted at kids? That's a little much. That that was incredibly dark. And I was almost, in a way, offended by it. Uh, I thought it, it just went to a place it really didn't need to. Um, Overall, what's what's the thumb rating? Let's get to the just, thumb rating. Just side. I put mine side. sideways. Dave, I go down. down. I go down. Yeah. Um, I could... I could give it a sideways. Yeah. For most people, I think they would they would give it a sideways. Me personally, I give it a down. Just just watch yourself. You know, if you have kids that ask a lot of questions, there's some very not so subtle jokes in there, and uh, they may come asking questions. So be prepared for that. Uh, special features? Did you watch any of them, Dave? No, I didn't. Dustin, did you? I saw the movie at the theater. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of special features on the special edition. Um, none of them are really really worth it like you have to absolutely see there's some alternate endings which are interesting 
Um, all of which center around uh, the bee and the human girl getting together. Um, if you can, I suggest you watch it like I did with a probably 80-year-old guy yeah. that was watching it, Lauren's, my wife's grandpa. Yeah. And uh, he just kept commenting on how bees couldn't really do all that stuff. So that <laughs> made for a pretty funny movie, actually. Um, past that, there's a normal making of. There's the commentary with Jerry Seinfeld. There's a lot of the promo- I don't know if you remember any of the promotional spots that are on when the initial movie was in the yeah, theater. Yeah, it was way hyped. Yeah, there were all those are on there. I was really disappointed that they didn't include the ones from Thirty Rock, which were actually kind of funny. But uh, so all those that were on there, they're not really that funny. The only one I would say to look for is the one with Ray Liotta when he's in a fly costume. Uh, and Jerry, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, past that, it's. I would stick if you can get the regular edition. If you're really looking for a good kids movie, just get the regular edition, special edition, not really. Uh, or just rent it. Or just rent it. If you're going to buy it, it keep. I should say special features. Nothing, there's nothing that really sticks out and says you have to have it. So uh, there you go. Two thumbs sideways, one thumb down. Moving on. Moving on to this is uh, Appleseed X Machina. There exists a bond between cyborg and man that will never be broken. The world's most lethal duo is back and a new war. They're all cyborgs. What's going on? Has begun. Well, I'll be. You two are made for each other. Threat arises. All the terrorists were cyborgs. New alliances. Donut Newt, meet your new partner. Will be formed. You heard about the new guy, Terrius, right? And the bond of love. This guy's wearing a mask with my old face. To be honest, it wasn't my choice. Will be tested. This thing that's happening isn't just some kind of cyborg virus. They're humans! Do you believe Olympus truly is a utopia that's worthy of risking your life? I don't know. Look, this is the reality of the world we now live in. As the struggle rages on, I'm going to team up with Iacus for a while. What do you mean? A new mystery arises. <laughs> and a hero. What's gotten into you? What's wrong with you? Will fall. What are you doing? What's happening to me? So this is uh, Appleseed X Machina, the sequel to the 2004 film called Appleseed, uh, which is based on uh, the original Appleseed manga um, from the early 90s. Uh, the original story was about uh, a girl named Duna Newt, and uh, she was a, some sort of soldier and who found out that there was actually a form of paradise called Olympus in the world after the rest of the world had been destroyed in World War III. And she found that her old partner... Uh, who she thought was dead had actually been turned into a cyborg. And uh, 
it's hard to explain what that first movie was really about. Can you explain it succinctly? No, not really. Uh, other than it was just about the relationship between bioroids, which are cloned humans, basically. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of good action. Yeah. Very complex story, very hard to figure out. Um, I've never seen that, actually, but I've heard it's pretty good. It's it's a really good uh, anime. I'll borrow it sometime. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things it was really notable for was how beautiful the animation was. It was a mix of uh, 3D, CG, and uh, uh, flat 2D uh, yeah, cell shading. Was it like that? Other? Traditional anime. Traditional, yeah. Oh, okay. It was great. It was, it was a it gorgeous was, film. It was, it was... I'll get to it when I get to my part. It was completely i don't know it was way awesome looking yeah it was great okay. so ex machina the sequel the only thing uh, i think i've seen similar to that is when the matrix did that stuff yeah it, oh, it was way better than the animatrix okay animatrix yeah um all right so this one is a considerably simpler story basically uh what happens is they go on some mission dunan's partner gets wounded so she gets a new Bioroid who looks just like the original Briar- Briarios, except before Cyborg. So there's some sort of love triangle set up there. The basic conflict is around, which pisses me off, is that everybody's wearing these new things that look like Bluetooths, except it goes on each ear, mm-hmm. and it's some sort of heads-up display. And this allows humans to be taken over um, by someone who is anti-Bioroid, and it turns them basically into zombies. Uh, by which I wish could happen to real Bluetooth wearers. <laughs> <coughs> now, what pisses me off about this movie is that they are deliberately, maybe not deliberately, but they are ripping off Doctor Who. There was an episode of Doctor Who, a two-part called uh, "The Rise of the Cybermen," which was like two years ago, and they had Bluetooth devices on each ear, which turned them into under the zombies under control of the Cybermen, and they basically tore apart London. Huh. That's basically what Appleseed is, except it's humans with two Bluetooth things tearing up Olympus. So it was a complete ripoff. Completely different. Um, there was a love, a vague love story. I was not nearly as impressed by Ex Machina as I was Appleseed. I was very disappointed in the story, which was very simple and straightforward. Maybe the first one was a little too complex, but this one was way too simple. It was a deliberate ripoff of Doctor Who, uh, and what is is most terrible was the animation they got away they didn't get away from the cg but they got away from the 2d traditional anime they went to almost all like really shaded almost 3d um all around even on the actors they went to motion capture um i don't know if they did that in the first one but uh the motion capture if you've ever seen skyland on nickelodeon uh it was very uh very close to Skyland. It was almost disturbing. Skyland? Yeah, it's a show. It's a French cartoon. Oh, uh, okay. Where they use motion capture. I don't and... think I've watched Nickelodeon since the Noozles. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, out of it. Anyways, it, it was very it was very disturbing. It was, it was very unnatural, whereas the first Appleseed was great. Um, they also didn't do a great job of, of making the, the mouth movement sync up to the English, and maybe that was a result of the animation style change, whereas the, the first one could would blend well with either Japanese or English. This one was very obvious. Yeah, yeah if you watched it on Japanese, it looked totally normal. Yeah. But then English was way off. Yeah. So, uh, I was very disappointed in this movie. Um, it was good, it, just nothing spectacular. Yeah, I... Honestly, I didn't watch the whole thing. I couldn't make it all the way through. Really? I thought the... I Okay, I loved the original Appleseed. Loved everything about the animation. Right. I 
couldn't take my eyes off of it. I thought it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to really like anime anymore because I've seen, you know, I've seen Akira and I've seen Ninja Scroll and everything after that, nothing has ever lived up to those two movies for me. Right. So I still enjoy anime, but nothing can compare to those two. And then I saw Appleseed. That was one of the few movies that actually I would put up there with those other two movies as far as just the overall quality of everything about the movie. Right. This was about 200 steps down from the original. I agree. I hated the animation. Mm. The only thing that looked decent was the machines. But machines are easy these days. Right. You know, any movie you see where you see 3D machines, they can make it look good. Yeah. When you see the 3D humans, it almost always looks terrible. These were some of the worst 3D animating that I've... It, not the worst. It wasn't awful, but there was absolutely no expression in the eyes or the face. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was very unnatural. Which, that's what made the 2D a great mix-in, because they could get really detailed. Like You felt emotion in the animation that you got absolutely zero of that in this version, because it was all 3D. Yeah. And the machines looked way better in the first one. Everything was just everything was much more detailed. Right. This one, there was not nearly as many details or layers to all the action scenes. Like last one, you would have the three D like machines that are fighting, and then you had the two D animation over it. But when the two D person got shot, you'd have three D blood coming out. Yeah. It looked freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. This one, everything seems slower. The action seems slower. I thought the animation was way flatter. Mm-hmm. It just, I was not impressed. I couldn't, I, basically I started watching it. I was going to give it a shot. You know, I knew, I had seen the preview. I knew it wasn't going to look as good. Right. I was going to give it a shot. The storyline didn't ever draw me in. Me either. And so I just started watching for the animation. I started kind of fast forwarding to watch the action scenes and see if it ever got better. Mm. It didn't. So I ended up taking it out, putting the other one in, the original one, just to make sure I wasn't overestimating how good the first one was. Right. And as soon as I started playing it, I was like, okay, it's not just... I'm not just I'm not just seeing this through like, you know, eyes that are in love with it. This is way better. Mm. I was not impressed at all. I th- it it was almost like they rushed it out, which 3 years. It's been 3 years. You wouldn't think that that was what would happen, but yeah. it felt really just like they were just trying to make a little more money off the name. It's a saga. I'm I'm guessing there's going to be another one coming. I I thought the characters were extremely annoying, especially Dune and Newton, who I thought was a very cool character in the first one. She seemed like so, like one dimensional or two dimensional. She could fight, and then she, oh, she was, she was all, all so girly and oh, falling Briaris. all over him. Yeah, it just drove me insane. I mean, it was like, oh, so Briaris in the hospital, and his clone looks just like him. Let me fall in love with him. Who stop? Yeah, I, I didn't get into the storyline one bit at all. If there was one thing I was happy about, there's a character Hitomi who was the liaison between the bioroids uh and the humans in the first one there was very little of her in this movie she is such a weak character so do you know if there's a plan to do more of these i'm guessing there is okay. uh, it's a saga so they'll I, animes these days they draw everything out to the last penny they can <laughs> suck out of the title uh, if they find okay. one thing that people like you'll have the original good one and then they'll they'll just suck the life out of the name just like yeah. ghost in the shell the first one's freaking awesome. The original movie, it's yeah. amazing. Then now you have all these series based off Ghost in the Shell that are horrible. I've never seen any of them. It's such a shame that your good friend John Woo did this. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, did you notice? I, I went and tore up the picture of me and him, <laughs> and I burned Just his half. Yeah. Did you notice his influence in this film? I really, I honestly, I didn't pay enough attention to the film to really yeah. even give a crap. For those who know anything about John Woo, he loves the doves. 
The doves were all over this movie, down to a, robo- a robotic dove that spread yeah, Oh, yeah, you're right. It had the robotic doves. And doves were just flying everywhere. It's like, yeah, oh, that's God. what carried the signal. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, is John Woo involved with this? That's funny. I looked at the case. I hadn't, yes, I hadn't made that connection. That's funny. <laughs> so uh, your, your thumb is? Obviously, thumb down. Thumb down, absolutely. Thumb way down. If you... If you've on seen it, the first on one. its own, if the first one had never been made on its yeah. own, it might not be terrible. Yeah. But when you put it in the same category, it's way down, thumb you know, way it, down. Am I the only one that just as a it seemed out of continuity because in the first one it seemed like a lot of people didn't know about Olympus and there was one city that was this paradise, but yet in this one they're having some conference between multiple cities. How did Duna Newt in the first one not know that there were established cities if there was this whole UN type assembly, you know that doesn't make sense. That she would have kept fighting this war for no reason. It it makes no sense. There was a huge. That's a huge continuity hole. So yeah, two thumbs way down on this one. Absolutely not. I give it a sideways one. Not even worth your time. All right. So our last feature this week is uh, a direct to DVD movie sequel to the Stargate SG One series called The Ark of Truth. Your planet will burn. If we're going to hell, you're coming with us. Stargate, the Ark of Truth, the epic full-length feature film, coming on to DVD. Take her in. Join the galaxy's elite sci-fi team. This is it. We found it. In the most anticipated conclusion. Inside this Ark is the secret to destroying the Orion. That will decide the fate of the universe. Your gods cannot save you now. Fight for yourself. Fight for others. Others that may be saved through your effort. Stargate, the Ark of Truth. Coming exclusively to DVD, March 11th. Hit it! So, obviously, March 11th is in the past. Um. So you got. I was the only one that watched this movie because I'm the it's only actually one in the that, future too, depending on what year. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I'm the only one that watched this. I'm the only one that's really that familiar with SG One. I've seen every episode of both SG One and Atlantis. So, so basically, we can just take off. Yeah. See you guys later. <laughs> uh, what happened is at the end of season ten of Stargate is the Sci-Fi Channel canceled yeah, the show. Ten seasons of that. Ten seasons. Uh, it's a, one of the long. Besides Doctor Who, it's the longest running American series. That's amazing. I didn't know. It's been, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Oh, I know. Um, but uh, they didn't conclude the series. They didn't get a chance to. They left it on a cliffhanger, and then Sci-Fi Channel went and announced. Uh, I think three uh, direct DVD TV movies. Well, or DVD movies. Uh, this is the first one called Ark of Truth, and it wraps up. Uh, did they just on the previous say a conclusion? Well, it concludes. <laughs> what I was going to say is it concludes. Seasons nine and ten, the main villain, and opens the path in in future movies for, uh, I guess, other villains, uh, whatever they may be. And for those who, this takes place after season ten of Stargate SG One and before the next season of Stargate Atlantis, the one that's airing now. Um, it's hard to know what to say about this movie. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was basically three episodes of the series back to back to back. It had. The budget of like three season premieres, um, which you know you get a little more effects, but it was, you know, it was what it was. It was a decent three episode run, you know, a three part uh, series of episodes. It wasn't bad, um, it but it didn't like 
I didn't love it, love it. Um, all it did was give me some sense of wrap up. So if I don't see him again, well, that's okay. Did it have a an actual quality storyline? Yeah, I know was, usually you don't care as much about effects for these kind of shows. No storyline. It had a good storyline. I mean it 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 took it where I expected it to take it. I mean every every step to me just about was predictable. Um, what I would what I really did is like is that the fact that they involve so many or so many parts of their history. Um, for those who are familiar, the uh, the Ori the did James Spader come back? Uh, no, unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he's not. He's played by somebody else in the series. Um, they should have just brought him back anyway. What I was really disappointed is that Richard Dean Anderson, who played uh, Colonel Neal um, in the series, didn't come back and even make a guest appearance. Uh, so it it was good for what it was. It's definitely worth a watch if you're a series fan, maybe even a buy. Um, but it's not spectacular. It doesn't go down as my favorite among the Stargate SG-1 series. Um, that's definitely reserved for some other episodes. So worth watching if you've never watched any of the series? No. If you've never watched any of the series, there's no point because you're going to be lost. It's not like you can watch it as a standalone movie. No. It's it's really not. You're For that, you're going to have to wait for the next one, which is called Continuum, which will be a standalone uh, piece from what I know. It's coming out this summer, I think. Uh, so a thumb sideways, or... Like three quarters. It's it, it's no, a decent. No three quarters. Is up, it not? down or okay. sideways? Sideways. Then okay. it's a sideways. Worth it if you've seen the series. If you're um, a fan, thumbs. If up. If you're a fan, thumbs up. If you're not you're a fan, not, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. All right. Well, so that, uh, that uh, wraps it up for us this week. Um, I I think next week we're going to be taking on Juno, and there will be blood. Uh, but if you'd like to call us and uh, debate any of our. Uh, reviews or our comments or talk back to us uh do we have an email address did you set that up this week uh yeah thumbs of fury three thumbs of fury at gmail.com pretty sure that's it is that what it was three the number three uh yeah i think it's the number three number three thumbs of fury at gmail.com or try three thumbs of fury spelled out at gmail.com <laughs> or just try thumbs of fury at gmail.com it might be one of those will, one of those will one of those will work it's one of those three for sure and contrary to uh, what Felipe said on Cinema Diabolica, it's not our our URL is not actually thumbsoffury.com. It's actually taken by uh, someone else. It's actually brickroom.org for yeah. now, uh, where you can find all of us. Now we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the to the show. Uh, you can go to brickroom.org and find all the links, and you can subscribe through iTunes or if you have another podcatcher. Our uh, e- email can, address again we already said thumbsoffury@gmail.com. You can find articles of these episodes at popsyndicate.com. Absolutely. Uh, make comments. Make comments in the forums. We have a Thumbs of Fury forum. Or make comments in the articles. Absolutely. Uh, and you can call us 214-329-9827. So, yeah, uh, next week, uh, Juno, and there will be blood and something else. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. I forgot about it. Oh, big show next week. All right. Good times. Uh, until then, see you then. Love you. Boy of Company B